0: Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob?
1: Hey, how's it going? Hope everybody's doing well.
0: Uh, I sure hope so. Um, the Dukes reeled off their 20th straight victory this weekend on the football field. It is an uh, exciting time to be a Duke's fan, despite a few haters out there. <laughs> um, right. I'm sure we'll get to that in a second. Um, it is a uh, we are so excited to be here with you tonight. We, as always, are brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing. Uh, did get a chance to check out some Pale Fire this weekend. I know that quite a few people are getting their free pint glasses for mentioning the, pike, the podcast. Um, got to meet Susan, the uh, taproom manager, this weekend. And uh, she was very supportive, so that was good. Um, we're obviously going to talk a lot of football tonight, but we are really thrilled. We have an interview that we recorded earlier today with field hockey, JMU's field hockey coach, uh, Coach Christy Morgan, um, that we're going to be dropping, we hope dropping into this podcast uh, on, the later, on the second half of the podcast. Um, coach Morgan could not have been kinder, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy not only her take on the Dukes headed to the CAA tournament this week as the number two seed to the defending national champion Delaware, but um, she also has some inter- interesting thoughts on international recruiting and on conference realignment so that that is a funny thing to talk about with coach morgan and we're so thankful to her for agreeing to come on and and help us out um we're gonna have some guests on next week as well for the big spatter chatter extravaganza oh boy oh boy so was that what the tweet was about (laughs) (laughs) yeah a little bit right okay so we're actually we may have multiple guests on next week we're going to have a serious jmu guest on next week that we're going to keep a surprise cuz we're really excited as we head into winter sports uh to talk to another serious JMU guest and then we're going to have some really fun guests for the hardcore Dukes fans potentially next week. So Oh man. Oh boy. Get, get
1: that get that explicit reading. Yes, Maybe. it's it's going
0: to <laughs> Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. We may have a little uh a panel of spatter chatter. So we'll see. <laughs> yes, but before we uh, get to our incredible interview with Coach Morgan, we want to uh, cover the game this week, and we'll do four downs as usual. And of course, at the end of tonight's episode for our overtime topic, uh, we didn't throw it out on Twitter tonight because, of course, we're, doing, we're talking candy uh, for, yeah, for Halloween, Halloween, right? It's yeah, Halloween. Standard.
1: Right? Yeah. We're, all, we're, we're fully into the, the hack uh, sports guy radio topics, and we're only, really, what, five podcasts into our our new life.
0: Yes. For, for those of us that have been on DC sports talk for years, we know that, uh, Halloween is one of the better shows on the drive time radio, yes. right? Yes. yes. Um, so Rob, from the game this week, uh, what was your first down? Uh, the
1: same as everybody else's. I, I mean, unless you're a <laughs> hater and you're going to do something else, it's the defense. Yeah, it's I, gotta it be. is. It, I don't, there are many reasons why I don't understand why anybody listens to this podcast. Um, <laughs> But particularly because we just talk about how great the defense is over and over and over again. Um, I'm sorry, it's not like the most original thing, but it's stunning. They, they gave up, what, 0. 0.8 yards per carry rushing?
0: Yeah, they, uh, um, the New Hampshire had less yards rushing than JMU punter Harry O'Kelly.
1: Yeah, well, that, that was going to be my second down. But, um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. It's all right. I, I can adjust on the fly. All right. I'll be agile. But it's crazy. Like, again, New Hampshire, you know, got shut out, but. Nobody has scored in the first half, even I think the first three quarters against JMU since Delaware. Um it's just an absolutely dominant unit. It was nice to see them kind of close the door and and get out of there with the shutout after giving away, giving away some fourth quarter points the past couple of weeks, but they're down to ten points a game, uh 29 sacks. Um I mean, it's just absolutely dominant performance. The, the front four, the uh the defensive backs, all around. There's not a weakness on this unit. It's really just – it's been fun to,
0: fun to watch. Yeah, I think, Rob, for sure, the defense – it's unbelievable to watch. It, uh, they're, New Hampshire, don't – everybody out there, don't sleep on New Hampshire. They were averaging 29 points a game. Yeah. Um, Right? I mean, this is the first real quarterback who didn't make it through the game that even – that JMU's played yeah. all year. And they – I mean, a shutout. And not, not even – I mean, just a dominant shutout, right? Yeah, they, they basically it wasn't even yeah. close. No, it wasn't close. They missed a long field goal. They had one drive that looked promising, which ended ended up being the last competitive drive of the evening. Yeah, uh, right at the start of the second half. So it was unbelievable. There, there's just, and I think I don't know if we'll get to this later on, but I mean, people are complaining about the way JMU is going about this game, and they're complaining about the offense. It was pretty clear that the coaching staff, they just shut it down after the 21 yeah. nothing lead, right? I mean, yeah, they, the they fourth were,
1: quarter, was. Yeah. it was like they weren't even playing. Right. Get on the bus, you know, get out of here and get nobody hurt and let's just go home. Yeah, we've uh,
0: wondered if they're playing, if they're being pretty vanilla on offense. There was no doubt they were being vanilla on offense the entire second half this week. Yeah. Right? So I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. Um, for my second down... I wanted to welcome again a couple of new players to the scene, or at least guys we haven't seen much of in leading roles. And that is a couple, both a freshman and a senior defensive back. So both Torres Carroll, the freshman from Fredericksburg, mm-hmm. and Justin Bethea, who hasn't yeah. played a lot over the years. Um, it, both were significant factors in this game, and it was wonderful to see uh, the, the, the joy I think, that Torres Carroll was playing with. He's the one who was kind of flapping his wings out in front of the Rashad Robinson run back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's really fun to see. And both those guys, uh, Bethea made some really good plays on the outside, breaking up passes. And, you know, just like last year where the team, there were guys we didn't know at the beginning of the season who really became big players later in the season. And I've kind of wondered about that this year as there's been some injuries and, you know, we're, we keep talking about waiting on injured players to get back. In this case, it was really great to see that we have other guys stepping up every week. So looking forward to seeing more of that was number 34 is Bethea, 35 is Torres Carroll. So that was really exciting to see this week. So, Rob, what about third down?
1: Well, I guess you already talked about Harry O'Kelley. Um So just briefly, though, he's a real weapon huge uh, you know that, that's you see the rugby punt is kind of in vogue now but it's mostly just for you know creating space or trying to get give your coverage team a little more time to get down the field is mm-hmm. the only team that really does it with the full intent that he can break one at any time that was a legitimate run that wasn't just like a punter scrambling for dear life and you know looking for the sticks and getting out of bounds he looks like Every bit, you know, a running a runner when he has that ball there, he's an absolute weapon from that regard. And he's also averaging what over forty yards a punt. Yeah, uh, with, with the defense like it is, and like you mentioned, the offense just kind of doing what it needs to do. the The advantage he gives the team in terms of flipping field position is is really special. And to do that as a freshman, it's it's been pretty impressive. It's been fun to watch.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, they've had they've used both punters this this year, but they this, haven't. They, this they've week... both been good. They've both been good, but clearly this week, they, I don't know whether they saw something with New Hampshire, or there was an injury, or just maybe that O'Kelly has been earning the job, and they clearly went to him, and you're right, it's a huge weapon, and part of it is that with the ability to go either way, he's often, I mean, there's often no return. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's not, he's not kicking it to the punt returner. He's putting it to a place where it just gets a chance to roll, and Jamie's down there covering the ball. And yep. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a huge weapon. So for me on fourth down, I'm not going to say the T-shirt cannon, but good job, T-shirt cannon, getting the job done. Did it work? It it did work this week. Yes, it did. It it got the job done. They didn't bring it over to the big side. I think they were worried maybe they'd have another malfunction. But for the most part, it it seemed to work better this week. Um, But my fourth down is actually, um, again, and not to keep harping on this, but JMU fans, come on, people. This team is 8-0. They've been number one from the preseason till now. They're the unanimous number one in one poll and the nearly unanimous number one team in another poll. They've won 20 straight games. They're giving. They're leading the nation in points allowed and yards allowed on defense, which does tend to make your offense more conservative. And yeah. while, look, I was as frustrated as the next guy with some of the stuff at the end of the first half, but we got to let this be. And then this weekend, you know, there was also, there's also a lot of complaining about the students leaving early. Stadium was packed early. Obviously, a lot of people didn't come back after halftime. Yes, that's frustrating. But as Bennett reminded us a couple weeks ago, for students, you know, they're used to seeing this team blow people out every week. And when they get to a point, I mean, it was pretty obvious by midway through the second quarter that New Hampshire wasn't going anywhere this week. Right. I mean, I don't know if JMU, I mean, I still wanted them to score more points, but you can't, uh, there was no part of me at halftime that thought, oh yeah, New Hampshire's probably going to score 21 and come back and win this game. (laughs) Right. So
1: I'm not,
0: yeah, I want to see it hopefully in the playoffs, you know, it's always harder in the playoffs with students because they're kind of in the holidays and stuff. But if we get into a more competitive game, then I will, I will save my complaints for the competitive games um both about JMU's offense and about JMU's student section well i'm just I, i'm just not going to complain
1: about student section I, yeah. I don't know yeah i'm a middle-aged dude but if, first of all nobody's going to listen to me right um right. and if they do oh, it's all it's just going to come across like this get off my lawn you know yelling <laughs> at clouds grumpy crap right. it's i've never gotten that like if you want students to go encourage them be nice whatever most like like ignore them they they don't care about us like no. i guess <laughs> whatever but but complaining has complaining or mocking people no. is not going to make them want to come and hang out no. um so if you if you think it's a problem whatever try to solve it but i would i would say yelling at the students or complaining about it online to a bunch of other old people isn't solving anything. It's just making people angry over nothing.
0: No, and even to add to that, forget even the students. You know, this, I forget. I think you and I, Rob, this was homecoming. And yeah. I forget sometimes because Rob and I are such big fans and, you know, we have season tickets and we go to a lot of games. And for me, homecoming is pretty much just another game on the schedule. If, it, if yeah. my schedule works out that I can be there, great. But I don't think of it as like this big thing. But I had the good fortune to hang out with some really old friends. uh, You know, a couple of whom were back for their first game in 10 or 15 years this weekend. And that was really exciting for them, but (laughs) they're not used to JMU fan culture of being, you know, loud and screaming in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah. And and I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to welcome them with open arms and be happy that they're there. And they were certainly blown away by what they're seeing (laughs) in the tailgate lots. And, you know, in the stadium, I mean, for them, it was, for both of those guys, it was their first time in the newer Bridgeforth. You know, let's, we're, we're still in our infancy as a fan base to some extent, at least our adolescence, right? So Yeah,
1: just, I don't know. Just cool it, Get over it. Yeah. Yeah, let people do what they want.
0: Yeah, so. Um, but
1: before we move on, can okay. we just talk about Rashad's return? Oh. Was that the single best play of the season so far? Wow. I mean, I, I can't think of another one.
0: No, I think it, maybe you know. He, yeah, I think it probably was. I think in terms of pure excitement and just huge play that changes the game or pretty much won I mean, the game. Dagger, yeah, dagger, right? Um, yeah, it probably. If was. You could have
1: a if you could have a walk off in football. That would have been it. Like the game was over after that point. But yeah, it was I mean, a great I, play on the ball. Great return. You see the whole team down there blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I. I that stands out to me more than any other single play this year. I think you're I don't probably brought up to the season.
0: Yeah, I mean I I think a couple notes I, I mean I guess you could I think the first two Cardin Johnson long touchdowns in, at ECU were pretty exciting and I think maybe maybe even more than that, uh the long field goal that Tyler hit to put away was at Delaware. Um Yeah, but you I know mean, that's, that, a, that's a field goal. That's a field goal, right. I think no f- doubt. F- yeah.
1: field goals are exciting, but They all look the same.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, I think you're probably right. And, actually, before we move on from this, we haven't even mentioned um, another exciting play in this game, not so much for the play itself, but for what it meant was Brian Shore broke the all-time JMU record for touchdown passes, Uh, the first touchdown pass of the game um, to Ish Hyman. And I was kind of glad my guy Ish got got that one. Uh, We'll probably see that for years to come. And, yeah, he broke a three-way tie with Vadley and Justin Riscotti. So that's, that's a pretty good record at JMU. Yeah. yeah.
1: Pretty, pretty nice company.
0: Yeah. So congrats to Mr. Shore, who picked up another touchdown to, to Clayton Cheatham again <laughs> later, later in the half. So, Is that three or four straight? Yeah, every week.
1: But, uh, I think it's, it's either three or four straight games.
0: Yeah, and, and it was good to see Kloosterman back out there this week too, but apparently Cheatham has taken over the Kloosterman red zone role lately.
1: Yeah, he certainly has. He was yeah. wide open too.
0: Yeah, he was. Um, I think – was that John Miller? Uh, they had almost scored on the big play that got them down there. They yeah. kind of lunged for the goal line and got stopped at the one, and then they ran play action and got the easy touchdown to Cheatham. So – that pretty much does it for four downs. We'll move on to our concerns. Uh, we'll each do one concern heading out of this week and headed to Rhode Island. <laughs> I was trying to think where Rhode Island is in Rhode Island. Uh, well, it's, it's not a big place. No. Um, no. Kingston? Yeah, it's either, is it Kingston? Yes. I was like, it's either one city or the other city. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, so It's, it's, it's not, not Providence. Not, right, not Providence, I'm not Newport, yeah. so it must be Kingston. Yes. Um, yeah. My big concern this week, you know, is it's really just overconfidence. It's a noon start at Rhode Island, who is much improved from the team that JMU beat eighty-four to seven last year. Rhode Island's been competitive every week. It's a noon start after a long trip. Yeah,
1: they're still losing though. I mean, <laughs> every single like, oh, No, no, they're I know. Better. They're better. They're two and six. Right. I mean, it's it, this shouldn't be a trap game. I see where you're where you're going. Yeah, I think weather, it's,
0: it's natural grass, you never know. Yeah. It'll be a good hopefully the natural grass will just be a good warm up for the trip to Elon. Just shaping up yeah. to be the game of the year, the end of the season. So yeah, I, I think that's probably my big one. I, I have a, I, I might know I have one more if you don't mention it, but 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 for me I'm just concerned about the Dukes not falling asleep as they in past years have have done at times on these trips to up up north late in the season for these noon kickoffs. So, yeah. Anyways, what about you, Rob? What's your concern this week?
1: I'm going to go, this will be kind of hypocritical, kind of backtracking where (laughs) we just went, but I am a little bit concerned um, about this offense. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't think the sky is falling. I don't think it's bad. I agree with everything you were saying about them doing just enough, Mm -hmm. but I'm starting to worry about, you know, there's going to come a game when they're going to need to turn it on. And I'm just, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm seeing a lot of things that I like in the offense. I mean, everybody's kind of complaining about Shore. Shore's been very efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still completing over 60% of his passes. They're just kind of doing it in a different manner. Uh, spreading the ball around, kind of going down the field. So I get what you're saying. And I agree with you.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: think they're particularly pressed. I don't think they really care about mm-hmm. scoring a ton of points. No, um, I, I didn't like what I saw on third downs though.
0: No, I, I think I they were three
1: either. for 15. That was concerning. I, yeah. I mean, it just, it's one thing if you're just like the first interception, that's a miscommunication. Didn't mm-hmm. bother me. That was still, that was a fine drive. Um, the running game should have lost just Trey sharp. You know, he was like 4.6 yards per carry. He was, he was hitting the holes. Um, they were doing it without Marshall, who was mm-hmm. dinged up a little bit. But that was, they looked kind of lost on right. several big third downs. And you got to be able to stay on the field. I mean, the defense has been great. Yep. But the offense needs to move the chains a bit. So they've been really good on third downs. Uh, yeah, for the rest last of the year.
0: Yeah, and, and really last year good. that was their hallmark yeah, was, was converting those third downs. So, yeah, they definitely need to pick that up. So I, I just, Rob, yeah, was the was, first interception the one you were talking about right before the half in the end zone?
1: when he turned the wrong way. Yeah.
0: yeah. It was just um, miscommunication.
1: Yeah. And, and I have to say,
0: I, I actually put that a little bit more on the coaching staff than I do on either Shore or I, I don't, I think that might've been Hyman out there. Um, I thought it was, was it Closterman? It may have been the one. Yeah. I, 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 I was, don't know. I, I was, was just, I, I, I was just frustrated. I, I kind of wanted them, you know, I think there was like 12, 15 seconds left in the half. They were up 14, nothing like, I, I, you know, personally, I thought they take the three points and get out of there. You know, I I don't – that's exactly the risk you take when you run that play. And most years I'd say you got to run that play. But with this defense this year, I was more concerned with the play call than with anybody's execution on the field. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. And then the other thing on the offense um, that was kind of – that would concern me as you talked about the offense is, obviously our All-American left tackle Aaron Stinney got hurt in this game and did not return. Now, I will tell you at the game – he was out on the sidelines not on crutches in a kind of an ankle i don't know what to call it a splint it wasn't a full boot or anything so it certainly looks like something that you know could be temporary and he could return from but yeah i mean they for sure when you add the struggles they've already had and you realize you know one or two injuries here and there could really make this challenging for the offense right now I will note, and, and this is not a knock on Stinney at all, who appeared to be limping before he actually left the game. To those of us in the stands, um, they actually looked a little crisper after they kind of reshuffled the line and got Taylor Woods in there in the second half. I thought I don't know that the stats would bear that out, but they seemed to pick it up a little bit. So yeah, they had
1: some nice plays. It, it, it is weird. You can't if you try to if you look at the stats, you come away with I don't know. It, it's very different than you know, baseball stats or anything else. Um, yeah. Even with the football season, you got the sample size thing. Oh, yeah. And I don't know on. if I'm
0: accurate about this, but from what we'd heard in the preseason, when Tyree Chavis was projected to be the starting right tackle, when Stinney was going to be the starting left tackle, Jahead Jackson was primarily sort of preparing to be a left tackle. Yeah. And then Chavis got hurt, and they moved Jackson to the other side and had to kind of reshuffle everything. And then Garen Butler got hurt at right guard. And they had to move some guys around and play the play the freshmen more. And it almost seemed like when they flipped things around today, they or on Saturday, they they kind of figured it out. So I, I would certainly you know err on the side of caution at Rhode Island in terms of Stinney. They they really need him back for Elon, and they really need him in the playoffs. So if it is And, a... and
1: Richmond's Richmond's gonna be no easy out. Richmond can put up some points.
0: I may have intentionally um, overlooked Richmond, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: okay.
0: No, that's so we'll for
1: see. sure. Like, like I don't think the sky is falling. I think this the, the offense has been doing what it needs to do, and, and I think that's the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but just again, the third downs that was particularly bad, and it wasn't just the fact that they didn't convert. A lot of the plays just looked like you know they went off the rails uh, from the snap. So yeah, uh, I'm confident they will get it going. But if we got to choose one thing that's on our mind, that's that's the thing that's been sticking with me.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. And so with that, we are really excited to give you guys the interview I did earlier. had a chance to talk to Coach Christy Morgan, the head coach of field hockey, earlier today. Coach Morgan is a once, a current, and hopefully a future legend at JMU. She is the coach who won James Madison's first national championship in any sport while Rob was a student. And uh, she is really, really an awesome Duke. And I think that'll be borne out in this interview. I hope you guys enjoy uh, our chat with Christy. Welcome, everybody. We are so excited um, and just thrilled to have JMU's own field hockey coach, Coach Christy Morgan, joining the podcast this week. Um, This is our first official coach we've had on the podcast So, Coach Morgan, welcome, and we are so glad to have you with us.
2: Thank you for having me. um, I'm happy to be
0: here. Yeah, so for everybody that doesn't know, Philadelphia has had a very successful season, or at least from a fan's perspective, a successful season. And they are headed into Mm -hmm. the CAA tournament this weekend as the number two seed. Um, Is that right? I think I got that right, right? Yep. Yep. So the tournament is at the number one seed's home location. That is the hated Delaware Blue Hens. <laughs>
2: right. The defending uh, national champions. That's correct. By the way. Yes. yes.
0: So, so
2: it's a it's a hostile environment.
0: <laughs> that's great for Vildaki to hear. Yeah. Yes. So coach, before we get to the tournament this weekend, um, I wanted to ask you, you know, you were the coach, the first coach to win a national championship at James Madison.
2: <laughs> Thank you for noticing.
0: Yes. And uh, this was when Rob was in school. Um, it's really oh. exciting time. It seemed like it's, it seemed totally out of nowhere, right? That JMU yeah. could win a national championship in anything was un, was undaunted. Uh-huh. And you guys did it. Um, and we were just wondering, what brought you back to JMU?
2: Well, I think one of the biggest um, reasons I came back to JMU was mm. because JMU is such a spectacular place. It attracts a, a certain type of person that that has an integrity and a, and a genuine way of being. And I love that. Uh-huh. And also, I I just you know, I knew it was possible. It's possible to do it here. And um, we, we attract, you know, blue collar kids who work (laughs) hard to be the best. And, um, you know, I think, I think hard work is the foundation for greatness. And, and so, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy, happy to be here. Love it here. Love the people here. Love the students here, professors. It's just a, it's a
0: great environment to grow in. Oh, we love to hear that. Obviously, we agree uh-huh. with almost everything you said there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, one thing about this season, you guys had quite an audacious schedule this year. Yes. Right? Yes. You guys played on almost. It seemed like everybody in the top ten at some point this season. Yeah. Um, what goes into the decision to schedule so such a tough, tu- you know, such a tough road? Um, well, you- I do
2: all the scheduling. Okay. And and um, the reason I scheduled that way is because. I want to go to the NCAAs. I'm not scheduling to um, to just win games to look good. Mm-hmm. I'm scheduling the way I schedule is to really be good. I think in order to be the best, you need to play the best. When you play top 10 teams, even if it's a loss, you get credit for the challenge. Sure. And and my attitude going into the season is my players, they step up to those challenges. So I wanted to put them in those challenges as much as possible, and and my hope is that we'll be ranked high enough to get an automatic bid, rather than just have to win the tournament. I wanted two ways into the NCAA's, and so scheduling a tough schedule is one of them. The other way is to um, is to win the CAA conference, and mm-hmm. and that's tough. It's possible, absolutely,
0: but it's tough. Yeah, it's tough when you have the defending national champs in your conference as well. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, if only you could give a uh, a. a a PowerPoint presentation on scheduling to some of the men's basketball coaches in the, in the, in the CAA. Yeah. <laughs> that would be better. I,
2: I, I'll tell you, you know, I think again, you know, I want to, we want to be the best. We want to be the very best. We don't step out there to be average. We don't train every day the way we train to be average. And I think you, you, you know, you, you have to schedule to challenge. And, and, you know, if you keep doing that at some point, you're going to be the one, you're going to be the team that people are scheduling to, to
0: challenge them. And that's my hope. We'd love that. Um, Yes. Our next question. One thing that's interesting about field hockey and actually a couple of other sort of non-football, non-basketball sports is you guys frequently have a number of international players. Um, yes. We noticed this year you guys have a player I think from New Zealand and a couple players from the Netherlands. Yes. How do you even begin finding those players or learning well, about those players? It, you know, and and
2: it's become it's become um, there's more there are more and more international players because. Other countries start you know it's the second most popular sport in the in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, soccer being the first and 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 men play in other countries and but you get a student athlete from um, New Zealand or the Netherlands especially they start playing when they're like three years old or they come <laughs> out of the womb with a stick and right. so they just have that natural instinct. Um, that's the first thing. So we have three. There are some players like Delaware who have nine and sometimes 10. Oh, wow. And they're very dominated by international play. It's legal, but I can say that um, it's nice to have a balance and nice to have internationals on your team. But I want to develop Americans also. Um, how do you find them? Yeah. Well, one of the girls on my team right now, uh, Lisa Lejeune. Her mother was um, an Olympian and okay. I was an Olympian. And yep. so we met each other um, on on a tour prior to the Olympics and then hung out a little bit at the Olympics. So it, it, I, that's how I, um, you know, found out that, wow. you know, I, I called her and I said, and she's a coach over there now. And I said, do you have any internationals that are good people? Cause that is the number one priority for me. I want great, students with great character Mm -hmm. and then um good field hockey players and she said i may have somebody (laughs) and it was her daughter and so um so that's that's one of the ways is using the connections that i have through through my play and through my coaching experience and then some of the others um write us and sometimes they have, have um um organizations that that are recruiting recruiting organizations that get in touch with us and say we have an athlete that would fit the profile of your of your team so so yeah a lot of different ways to find the good ones um i think the most important thing for me is not just a great field hockey player but a great person too
0: that sounds very jmu <laughs> it, it is it jmu is, yes yes
2: i am jmu through, through and, and through three. i Love bleed purple,
0: purple. <laughs> that's great <laughs> Uh, yeah, we've been fascinated that, that you may have noticed the football team has an Australian punter this year. Oh, and, yeah. And we were like, how in the world did this person come to JMU? <laughs> like, wow. yeah, so it's pretty funny. Um, what do you think your team needs to do to be successful in the tournament this weekend?
2: You know, it's it, we're in a really, really good place. Number one, we need to stay healthy through our week of practice. Okay. Number two, we need to stay hungry. And number three, we need to stay humble. And, and you add those three things together and, and it's a formula for success at this point in the season. Um, we know we're a good team, mm-hmm. um, but you continue to work to be a better team every single day. So, you know, we have a – we just played William & Mary, so we've got great film on them. We didn't play our best game against them and mm-hmm. came out ahead anyway, which is great. So we know we have a different level to play against them. Um you know if if we are fortunate enough to 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 beat william and mary then potentially we play delaware we Mm -hmm. know delaware delaware or or Mm northeastern but um probably Del. well you never know (laughs) you never know we'll we'll be prepared for everybody but the Mm -hmm. first team we need to be prepared for is william and mary if we get a chance to play delaware again it's a it's a great opportunity we had um we had our goalkeeper with the most experience. Our senior goalkeeper had a concussion for three weeks, oh. so she was not in that game when we played gotcha. uh, Delaware. So you're coming into the uh, into that game with a little bit more ammo than you did the last time. And yeah, because you guys scored pretty him. well
0: in that game, I think, right? Yeah, you had we, a couple goals. Yeah,
2: yeah, we had a couple goals and and um, didn't play our best hockey and. Mm-hmm got a little down because they scored an easy goal early Mm -hmm. and it's, it's youth. And so, so it's, you know, I I think we're going in with um, with all of our guns loaded um, this time, if we can keep everybody healthy. And I think, you know, another obstacle for, for kind of a young inexperienced team, like we are, we're gaining every day is, is just the belief that, that you can over overcome, a top ten team and I know it. You know you know it. Oh yeah. You know we've done it before and and it's just it's it's believing in yourselves and and believing in the process. And so I'm clear we have a shot. So we're going after it.
0: Yeah that close game against Louisville has to help a little bit.
2: Yeah. Right. Close game against Louisville, close game against Wake. And Mm -hmm. we just we we really are, you know, we're a team on the on the verge of greatness and so we as coaches need to push them over the top this week and make them believe and, <laughs> and prepare you know, prepare to be the best.
0: Okay, so who are fans looking out for on the team this week? Anybody in particular? I know you want to mention everybody, I'm sure.
2: But, yeah, yeah, you know, the, the, the really neat thing about this team this year is we have, we have a lot of um, – we play a style of hockey that is very team-oriented. We want everybody involved. It's a connected style if everybody adds value mm-hmm. um, on the field, you you have happy players, and when you have happy, <laughs> eager players, they they play better. So um, so you know our seniors are great, and, mm-hmm. and not only are they great as players, but they they just have have really led the development of an amazing culture. Oh, and um, yeah, it is. It's it's really it's wonderful. I'm really mm-hmm. proud of of the culture of this program. But Melanie is, is a wonderful striker who you'll see her. Mm -hmm. She's a happy, happy (laughs) player with great energy and great aggression in the press. And Hannah Hall is, is probably one of the most instinctual players on the team where she just gets the game and can read the game and react to the situation and be an immediate impact. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Mackenzie Ridgely is, uh, you know, she's a, She's a player that called me and, and said, Yeah, I'm not sure if I want to play or not, but I'm I got into JMU and I said, Come <laughs> to a clinic. She came to a clinic. She sat her first two years and developed, and now, you know, she's a senior. She's a captain, and she is a standout um worker yep. and a standout player on the team. And and, you know, and then we've got Lisa Lejeune, who who is just a she's a really dynamic, she's one of the internationals who's a dynamic player and and, um, and, um, Sarah Kretler, who okay. is a, uh, goalkeeper, who mm-hmm. is, is just a, a, very disciplined and, and very selfless player who, who talks, you know, leads the defense through oh, her God. communication and then, <laughs> and then is just, you know, a wall back there. So yes, yeah, some, some, you know, some great players and, and many more that I could speak. I could speak yeah. of every single one of the qualities <laughs> that they add, but you'll say, nope, we don't have enough time. No, that's good. Right. Good team, and Good I year. think the best thing about our team is the team.
0: That's great. Um, on that McKinsey Ridgeley story, that's really cool. I noticed you <laughs> guys have another player from her high school. On the team yes. this year, right? So uh-huh. after not being sure, I do not know maybe she, uh, maybe she's opening the pipeline up there.
2: Oh, <laughs> right? she is. Yeah, I'll tell great. you what, and and her her father is a um, raises cows. I mean, she grew up on a farm, so mm-hmm. you can't get much more, mu- you can't get a much greater work ethic than than that. You know, shoveling the the stalls at four a.m. I'm like, I want this kid. She's a fighter, and she's she's one that you absolutely want to go to battle with.
0: And she's definitely not uncomfortable in Harrisonburg, I'm sure, then. That- oh, no, no, she loves it. <laughs> right. You know, so, you
2: get those whiffs of cow manure and she's yeah. like, feels like home, coach.
0: Yeah, well, I feel like <laughs> softball over the years and to some extent, football have both like made a living of kids from the valley or from oh, that, yeah. that area, you know, and, yep. uh, it's great to hear. Yep. Um, one last question, coach, and this is sort of a, a big, broad thing. Uh, you, thanks to you and your programs, uh, field hockey actually has one of the better traditions at JMU. And we're really grateful just as fans of everything JMU that all the conference mm-hmm. junk has settled down lately, mm-hmm. all yeah. this realignment talk. But I think yeah. it'd be important to hear from a coach of one of the sports, you know, Field like he's really been hung out to dry at a couple other schools that have switched conferences. Either yep. the, the new conference doesn't sponsor the sport, and so they have to sort of be the stepchild somewhere else. Yep. Yep. Is this something that you guys worry about or talk about in the off season?
2: You know, I, I don't worry so much. What I try to do is 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 think of the possibilities and then find a solution. Gotcha. um I think we are a good enough team, and we have the respect of our opponents that people are going to continue to schedule us. And I think we're growing so rapidly that, You know, even if we weren't affiliated with the conference for a year, we we certainly would work to find a way to get into the NCAAs. But it's it's adversity that we would have to deal with if it would come up, but Mm – you know, when, if it does come up, we mm-hmm. will, we will definitely find a way. We'll find it. a home some,
0: somewhere. I'd <laughs> <laughs> love to hear that. And we're, we are not, you know, Rob and I are not advocates one way or the other of this. Uh-huh. I just think it's really important for JMU fans to remember there's more, oh, yeah. there's more to this decision than football.
1: Oh, and, absolutely. You know,
0: and just, it, it's not all about football and basketball. So, Yep. you, you know, and- there's a lot the of kids in their families that get affected by this. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, and and you know some of the some of the conferences that they're looking into or that they were looking into, right. they they don't have um, they don't have field hockey. Right, and so we'd ha- we'd be aligned with no one. And the greatest thing about being in a conference is the connection your conference, the leadership of your conference, and then knowing for us as a sport, knowing you have another way into the NCAA's and conference tournament is just a it's just a wonderful thing for for student athletes to experience and sure. and be challenged with. So,
0: well, and so you're happy. You guys have proven. I mean, both JMU and Delaware, you can win the national championship out of the CAA. Oh, in field absolutely. hockey, absolutely. You know, so I, I think there are other sports where that's much more difficult. And yep. uh, it's great to know you guys aren't worried about that. So, do you think you guys have a chance? You think of a, of an at large bid if you.
2: You know, right now we're it, it depends on, you know, the, the final rankings. Right. You know, you Twelve right teams go.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We're we're ranked fifteenth in the nation right now, but we had a significant top twenty win win yep. uh last week, which should bump us up even a little bit more and cool. we'll be on the cusp. I right like to Adam. hear it you know, and, and we've worked hard all year long and, Oh gosh, we want it so bad. <laughs> um, we really do. And I've got such a great group of girls this year that they deserve it, but yeah. we got to prove it. We got to prove it. And mm-hmm. we're going to go out the next couple games and give it everything we have. And my hope and my dream that it's, it is, is that it's going to be enough, but, um, you know, the girls need to play it. And what a great opportunity.
0: Sure. Well, coach, thank you so much for talking with us and let's go out there and beat William and Mary on Friday. I believe. Yes. 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 And then Friday hof- at six. All right. And hopefully maybe you'll get another chance um, at Delaware yeah. or Northeastern
2: <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> later
0: in the weekend. Um, but oh, good luck to you. your players and to your team. And thank you so much for joining us.
2: Absolutely. Thank you very much. All right. I appreciate it. And Hopefully we'll see you on the other side and we'll talk about going to the national championship.
0: That's what we want to talk about next (laughs) week.
2: All
0: right. right. Best of luck coach.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Now we're going to move into overtime. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's Halloween people. Well, at least tomorrow is by the time most of you are listening to this, it will be Halloween. And (laughs) some people asked us to do our favorite Halloween costumes or most embarrassing Halloween costumes last week. Oh geez! Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think we're both going to avoid that.
1: <laughs> we we both were pledging for Halloween. We're, is that... <laughs>
0: I don't even. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I was like, we both have, you know, extended Whatever. families all over the place here, and, and we don't really need to go into that.
1: So yeah. yeah. So those ones that you can't choose yourself aren't aren't the really positively memorable ones. <laughs> no. So
0: we're gonna we're we're gonna do candy talk today, and uh, Rob will serve as uh, Mel Candy Junior here. With the, okay. uh, with, the, with, the, with the draft picks, <laughs> um, we'll do our, uh, our top three Halloween candies. Rob, you want to take it away with your third place yeah, candy? Well,
1: well I, I don't eat a ton of candy anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, when I was a kid, I did. And I still will dip into the, the candy jar at work and stuff. But I went to my, my experts in-house, my two kids.
0: <laughs> Excellent.
1: And asked them, you know, I've, I've got a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. So I asked them. And James immediately let off with Starburst, which oh. caused me to to remove his expert designation. Yeah, I think you gotta pull that. that, that. Yeah. That's just that's just not good. He I mean, lost his he's a wonderful, card there. Yeah. yeah. he's a wonderful kid. <laughs> um, he's got a very good palate in other ways, but he went Starburst, then Skittles, and I stopped listening at that point. <laughs> those are fine, but come on. Those are the those are always left over in the in the pillowcase when you're done. Yeah. Um, Sam just went straight for full size candy bar. No, no designation, <laughs> of course just full size candy bar. I was like, right. what's that? No, just full size. Yeah. So, Sam, more gluttonous than, than sophisticated palate with that one. Um, so I guess I got to choose my own. Just let's assume like candy corn is not being mentioned, correct?
0: Oh, it's hideous. Yes, no, we're not it's, talking I mean, candy corn. No. no, we're not talking. I was
1: gonna. Yeah, I was going to cease doing the podcast with you if, if candy corn was on your
0: list. No, as, as circus candy peanuts are my nemesis too. That's the worst oh, thing the of terrible. all time. Yeah, so I mean,
1: it, they're like the pumpkin beer of candies. <sighs> awful garbage.
0: I ate an entire bag at my grandfather's house one time when I was a really little kid, and I, I like snuck out in the middle of the night and ate his whole bag next to his, led <laughs> his, next to his old like he had like a cigar like one of those pedestal ashtrays and like a oh, lazy geez. boy down in Florida and i ate the whole bag in the middle of the night and my I, everybody in the family was awoken by me like curled up in the fetal position throwing yeah. up all over the living room rug <laughs> I, i'd rather eat i'd rather eat the cigar yeah exactly me. it that's, was all that's not even candy yeah
1: that's like packaging material
0: oh it's awesome.
1: um i guess my third one i'm going to go ginger mints ooh nice i don't know I just, old school I, you'll see it. yeah i I one i'm I'll have some old school choices <laughs> and leaning very heavily in the small chocolatey ones. But I love junior mints. I'm a big fan of peppermint patties as well, but I think junior mints are better for Halloween. Yep. You get the little box. Uh, you can fool yourself into thinking you're only having a couple mm-hmm. and whatever, have three or four boxes. But I like junior mints. Also very good Seinfeld episode. From yes. Junior mints. Yes. Um, so that's my third choice.
0: Excellent. Um, my, third, my, my general preface to my Halloween choices is, There are a couple of candies that I still like as an adult. Um, Yeah. I I really like – I still occasionally like a good Twizzler, and I definitely love Reese's Pieces. But my thing on Halloween was always like those are candies that, you know, they bubble up in your year throughout the year, right? Mm -hmm. And so I tried not to choose like the absolute go-tos on my Halloween, and it was always more what was I looking forward to getting on Halloween. And for me, one of my favorite candy bars that – I never order or, or like purchase or have around like nobody has it in the office candy bowl is the, the mini Heath bars. So I, oh, I,
1: those uh, are good.
0: Yeah. I love the, the toffee, the, any kind of toffee candy. So that was my third place. It's not something I would, you know, have any other time of the year really. So, um, Oh, see, that's my go-to,
1: um, ice cream Sunday
0: topic. That is a good, that's a good ice cream Sunday. That's, that's I, and
1: that's my favorite. Like, and we've got a little. Kids, so you have kids, so you still occasionally get,
0: yeah, Dairy Godmother, right? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah.
1: Have Dairy Godmother. And for caramel Heath Bar, Yeah. it's like lines around the block. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the one that I always get. I take the kids a lot, and I rarely get custard, but when it's Heath Bar, I always get it. And I also, if I ever get the opportunity to order like toppings or any of those, yeah. whatever. <laughs> put the, I don't know. Uh, Sweet Frog or whatever that crap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff's, that stuff's terrible. <laughs> yes. I just get basically like a bowl of Heath Bars. That's right. Nice. <laughs> <it is. laughs> yeah, that's a good choice. Okay. Um, I guess I'm going to go... This is a little bit similar to what you're saying. Like it's something that I wouldn't get throughout the year. Mm-hmm. But I like the little mini candy bars, but I like the Milky Way Dark. The, the mini ones. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a big dark chocolate fan. I was yep. going to go Snickers or something, but mm-hmm. that's kind of... Like, the only time I ever eat Milky Way darks is from like the Office Halloween candy, candy cookie, uh, candy bowl. Yeah. And I don't know. I love them. I love dark chocolate. It's not particularly great dark chocolate, but it's <laughs> no. dark chocolate. And Milky Way is a solid candy bar to begin with. So this just makes it a little bit better.
0: So I actually love caramel, and I have enjoyed the the newer, fairly new, as old guys go, fairly new Milky Way caramel as well. But, well,
1: I, I have not had that, oh, but I will
0: need to try you, that. Yes, I'm sure your boys will pick one up tomorrow, tomorrow night. Yes. So my, my number two, for another candy that I have not had outside of Halloween, I have not had since like swim meets when I was 12 years old, but that I love at Halloween is Nerds. <laughs> so I was going to say, I love Nerds as a kid, and yeah. I don't know if I could eat them now. I almost don't want to try them because I think
1: I wouldn't like them. And I, You know, like the boxes, you get two different flavors? Yes. I mean, so I, they were, oh, nerds are the best, but I just, I think they're one of those things where I would find them so cloyingly
0: sweet now, I don't want to ruin it. Well, remember when you were a kid and you got that big box, like at the swim meet, yes. right? It was this mm-hmm. giant box. There's no possible way that I could consume a whole box of nerds at this point. But yeah. on Halloween, they give those little teeny boxes. Yeah. That are pretty money. Like, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I like those. <laughs>
1: I thought you were going to say Fun Dip when you went with Swim Meat. Swim Meat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: Fun Dip would be a good one. I think that's probably yeah. illegal now. That's like – it's like I don't know. It's like cigarettes or alcohol for children at this point, right?
1: Oh, it, oh, it was awful. I
0: remember you'd be like 7.30
1: on a Saturday morning. And people would be like, I need to eat my Fun Dip for energy. And parents of the 80s fell for this trick. Like, there's no possible way. You're going to go do 100-meter IM and have a bunch of sugar. On a sugar stick. Pe- on a sugar stick. How it's going to improve? Like Michael Phelps is not doing that. It just—it made no sense. But it was pretty standard for Northern Virginia swim meet behavior.
0: Yes, that's Michael Scott. uh, Carbo loading for the 5K (laughs) on Fettuccine (laughs) Alfredo. So awful. Yes,
1: and you can always tell who did it because their fingers would be stained. Mm. They'd have it all over their mouth.
0: (laughs) It's awesome. Oh my gosh, the worst stuff was like
1: crack for children.
0: Yeah. So what's your number one, Rob?
1: I guess it, on the caramel theme, I love milk duds. And, yes. and again, like I might get them at a movie theater occasionally, no. but I really like the small boxes. Again, this is such an old guy comment, but like I can't eat a big box of milk duds anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I love them. It's chocolate, a little bit of caramel. Um, I don't know. It's one of the things that I didn't love that much when I was a kid. But now as my tastes have changed, that's my favorite thing and what I will steal from my children tomorrow.
0: I, I love that you went with both Junior Mints and Milk Duds, which <laughs> are like the, the oldest of old guy movie candy right Oh, there.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah right? completely. I mean, if you could get Raisinets or um, <laughs> Snow Caps on Halloween, they would have been right there too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. My, my number one is, a, is a definitely a, a standby. I mean, I know people love Snickers. They love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. They love Twix. Um, all of those are okay, good in their own right. Um, but another candy bar that I would never have the rest of the year that I love is just a good old Kit Kat. Right? Oh, that, so,
1: that was Jessica's choice. Yeah. That was her, and to be I, able to
0: – the multiple ways of consuming the Kit Kats, right? Mm-hmm. Eating a, like a standard, a, a, a standard nosh, right, from end to end. Mm-hmm. Or what I loved was like chewing it so you split it top to bottom kind of. And like kind of chewing it, you know, halfway down and then eating the exposed cracker part. Oh, so, I, did, I, I did that with Twix too. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Um, We're going to get hate mail for not having Reese's, I bet. We probably are. I will say, you know, I, I've been kind of spoiled. It's not that I don't still love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, right? And I mentioned Reese's Pieces earlier. In fact, now this year I saw there's a, there's a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup that has Reese's Pieces inside of it. That's a game changer. That really is. Um, yeah. Yeah. The candy bowl in my office had those a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, there's those like when you go to like a fancy grocery store now, there's those Justin's dark chocolate Reese's now.
1: You know Ooh, what I'm talking about? Like, that, that, yeah, there's like some
0: like fancy candy company now that makes like a dark chocolate version of Reese's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? No, I didn't know what you're talking about. Like, and the so, individual.
1: You seem like a Whole Foods. Yeah,
0: stuff. exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so like I do love those and it's hard not to – like when you compare them side by side as much as that's just like elitist candy snobbery, it, it, it's, it's unquestionably better than the original Reese's. So I, yeah, I guess that will bring the hate mail too but uh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, it will. Yeah. We're,
1: we're, we're, we're a little too bougie for um, regular old Reese's. <laughs>
0: that's right. So apparently, yeah. Yeah. So, Rob, do you want to um, take us out of here tonight? Yeah,
1: well, once again, just thanks for listening. Um, We really – we were having fun doing this. Hope people enjoy listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at JMU Sports Blog. Um, Definitely keep reading the blog. We keep up with that. We still have a lot of fun with it. We've had – you know, it's football season, so we have all the great guest posts, which tend to run lots around us in a good way. (laughs) Um, And then definitely, um, I don't know, just keep on rooting and enjoy the ride, guys. 20 in a row is no joke.
0: A huge, huge thank you again to field hockey coach Christy Morgan. So, uh, And to we,
1: Pale Fire Brewing, our friends for sponsoring. Please swing by. Yes. Give them your business. Great place to hang out and mention the podcast and get your uh, free pint glass to get, take home.
0: That's right. Uh, Rob, I will talk to you next week. Hopefully they will make it three touchdowns worth of uh, – and extra points worth of victories in a row with, <laughs> with Rhode Island, right? All right. But, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Go Dukes.